0: Hello, I'm joined here today by Dr Angie Hobbs of the University of Warwick. My name is Richard Fern. I'm the University of Warwick's press officer and part of my job is to watch rolling 24-hour news. I have a big screen in front of my desk and yesterday we had about 30 to 45 minutes of shots of a plane taking off. The plane was carrying the English football team for the coming World Cup. These people are described as heroes when young men and women are being asked to put their lives on the line in the Middle East. Angie, are footballers really heroes?
1: Okay, well let's let's look at this word hero. A working definition might be something like performing um, something for one society, performing an outstanding benefit for one society which nobody else or very few other people can perform. So, if we take that as a working definition, then it seems to me that you can regard some sports people, including some sport, uh, for some footballers, as heroes because they are providing hope and inspiration and illumination and happiness and release from care to. Large numbers of the community, they can also provide a focal point for communal and national identity, which of course can be a bad thing as well as a good, but it it can have a good side, so they can I would argue they can perform substantive benefits for their community, which most of us simply can 't perform. Of course, no one is going to sanely say that a sports person is providing the same kind of benefit as somebody who is risking their life in battle and in a different context, say in World War Two, trying to save your country from invasion and so on. The Iraq case is a difficult one because it's not quite clear what benefit to British society is being performed by the undoubtedly brave soldiers who are out there. But uh, So no, nobody's going to say that a footballer is a hero in the same way as somebody fighting a war and it would not be I think in good taste to say that. That doesn't mean to say that a footballer cannot be
0: a hero. But there's a difference isn't there between someone who's famous, somebody who's a celebrity and somebody who's a hero? Isn't the case that nowadays we're fudging those lines? That Those definitions have become devalued?
1: As I said my working definition is that a hero has to uh, perform a substantive benefit for their society which Other people simply can't perform. There's then going to be a question about whether that benefit is going to be an objectively agreed benefit or whether it is a matter of subjective opinion. Um, I would argue that on the whole, to be a hero, the benefit you perform needs only be subjective, but it still has to be subjective. A lot of people have to regard what you're doing as helpful. Now, if you perform that benefit, particularly given today's media, you are going to become famous. A lot of people provide great benefits for their society, such as surgeons, and they are not household names. So you can provide benefits and not be famous, but a lot of people provide benefits and do become famous. The reverse is clearly not true. So to be a hero, you will usually be famous, though not always. To be famous, you clearly do not have to be a hero. And what, we've, what we're what we doing now is we have confused uh, the notion of fame, which is one for Uh, performing celebrated acts with the notion of celebrity itself in a way that used not to be the
0: case you've made a very interesting point there about the subjectivity um this idea that uh, one person's hero is another person's just a famous person kicking the ball around a, a field where do these values come from how does a person decide that somebody is a hero that somebody is doing something of sufficient value
1: well, I would argue that the, the um, you can only make sense of this term uh, historically if you look at individuals in themselves deciding that somebody has performed a great uh, benefit for their society. And then if a sufficient number of individuals come to the same opinion, uh, that person will be regarded as more or less a hero in that society. So I would argue that there has to be an element of uh, communal regard in the notion of heroism. Uh, in the way that there there needn't be, for instance, in the notion of courage.
0: So what's the function of a hero in society?
1: Well, a hero is is going to act as a bond for those people in that society who regard them as a hero. Okay, That hero will be a focal point of identity for that group in society which regards that person as a hero. There will be other people in a society outside that group who do not regard X as a hero, who Mm. will not form part of that unified bond so that the function yeah. so the function of a hero as a locus for communal or national identity only works to the degree to which people in that society regard that person as a hero then for, almost for,
0: by definition, heroism can also be extremely divisive.
1: Absolutely. So you've got the hero is the potential for heroism is to act as a bond. It can also act, of course, as a huge uh, divisive force, dividing people within a society, dividing societies. Uh, it can bring nations together. It can divide nations. I, I want to um, bring in an example of where I think uh, football has... Uh, Transcended these uh, national uh, boundaries as the, the very famous case in christmas uh, christmas Eve nineteen fourteen at Ypres uh, on the front line uh, when the um, the British and the Germans uh, got out of their trenches, met in no man's land, sung some carols, exchanged a few presents, and played this iconic football match that the Germans incidentally won three two um, now to me. These people who, apart from a few historians, these are anonymous people. For all I know, some of them may have then been killed on Boxing Day when fighting resumed. Um, To me, these are the greatest footballing heroes of all time because they are using football to unite not just nations, but to transcend national boundaries. And in this case, the sharpest possible national division, World War, uh, to use sport to bring humans together. Now, that to me is the, the, the power of uh, sport at its, at its very best. But that same power, as you say, can also do enormous damage.
0: Within the concept of heroes, there's the concept of danger, that somehow they are overcoming some great adversity or some great physical danger. But most sports people never actually face, certainly not footballers. Surely, face physical danger.
1: Okay. well, well, in my definition of heroism, you don't have to face or overcome danger to be a hero. As I said, I was working with the definition that you have to perform some outstanding benefit or perceived outstanding benefit to your community, which other people simply can't perform. Um, Now, as a subset of that, a substantial subset, uh, you're going to get people who perform the benefit by facing enormous danger and often coming to great harm, maybe death themselves. And of course, an iconic example of heroism would be the warrior who is risking maiming and death and often meeting maiming and death uh, in order to help their community as, as they see fit. So I agree with you that very often heroism involves facing danger. I don't think it has to. I don't think it's part of the definition. There's nothing essential about football, which means taking on physical danger however you do i think have to show quite a lot of moral courage because the the same kind of media and spectator attention which gives you the chance to be this great revered national hero is going to give you the opportunity to be a national villain as well so you have to show you have to be able to risk enormous moral opprobrium hatred death threats even as we saw with was the case of David Beckham after the 1998...
0: Heroes are under tremendous pressure, aren't they?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. As we saw, you know, David Beckham, you know, playing Argentina in 1998, when he was sent off, he was uh, an absolute sort of national villain for a while. He received death threats, effigies of him were burnt. I think he's shown huge uh, moral courage and uh, perseverance in coming back from that... On the scale of danger, footballers are not, of course, anywhere near uh, military warriors, but there are certain dangers and risks that they have to undertake. They certainly, a lot of them, have to overcome quite a few obstacles in order to achieve the heights in their sport. And there are Um,
0: fantastic examples of that, of course. Um,
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Maradona, many of the Brazilian, the great Brazilian players have come from very, very poor backgrounds and football is your passport out of the slums in a lot of these countries. Um, So there certainly have been footballers who have overcome poverty. In the case of... Another kind of um, heroes of mine, the Iranian women's football team, who have had to overcome enormous sort of uh, cultural obstacles in playing the game that they love and in uh, fighting a lot of political battles in order to be able to uh, take their place in the the women's Mm. football world. So, certain there is opportunity for both physical and moral courage on a football team. It's clearly not the same level of opportunity for courage that there is on a battlefield and it would be crass I think and insensitive to try to compare sport to war and to say that the same levels of heroism you know are required.
0: So for the likes of Wayne Rooney or uh, David Beckham or George Best would you say these people are in danger of psychological damage or the mental stress is capable of I think we see this don't we people people coming apart on oh
1: absolutely i mean i I'm, I'm just as there are huge dangers for hero worshippers and, and that can uh, clearly hero worship can be taken too far to great to do great damage for the the worshiping fan, clearly hero worship can also be very damaging and dangerous and isolating for the the footballing icon who is worshipped uh, it can be a very uh, lonely existence under huge and relentless pressure relentless scrutiny from the media fans who adore you one moment but might turn on you the next it's its a very uncomfortable uh, position to be in and I think we have to um, take care with our heroes and not what part do
0: modern what part do modern media play in this now
1: well there is a fascinating question because clearly they're playing a role in the creation and maintenance of heroes in the first place um now, heroes of all sporting heroes have always existed. There were sporting heroes in ancient Greece who were adulated and indeed had poems written about them by Pindar and, and others. Uh, but the, the mass media from the, I guess, the early seventeenth century onwards um, have given just so many more outlets. Uh, the word hero sells copy, so there's a lot of. Uh, economic investment in the creation and maintenance of heroes. There's a lot of political capital to be made out of knowing heroes, chumming up to heroes, using heroes as diversions from your own political blunders. And again, the media can play their own part for better or worse in those political exploitations of heroes as well.
0: Some people have said that uh, hero worship fills the void left by religion.
1: Some people have said that. Um, It's there are possibly aspects of truth in that we have to remember that hero worship has always existed as i said particularly it existed in ancient greece which was on the whole a profoundly religious culture and indeed what happened there was uh religion and heroism were partly conflated in that the uh, heroes were worshipped as semi-divine beings they were actually you know seen as perhaps having some mortal and some immortal ancestors, and that's what made them so outstanding on an Olympic field or on a battlefield. Um, So I I think one has to be careful. You can't just say that because there's a decline in religion, there's a need to uh, worship humans more. But I think there's certainly something in that, because I think perhaps some of the communal feelings that people used to get on a Sunday singing hymns in church bound together in the local community doing something in unison, Uh, that kind of experience you could argue is partly replicated, singing songs in a a football stadium and so on. There's there's many other things uh, with why hero worship is so prevalent at the moment and I'm sure it's not just the decline in religion, it's uh, the the growth of the modern media, the fact that uh, media tycoons and politicians have latched on to the political and economic advantages of promoting sustaining the concept of heroes
0: you spoke a moment ago about the the example of the iranian women's football team and and their heroism in overcoming the 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 difficulties of their gender in that society why do we have so few female heroes
1: Okay, well, for me, the Iranian women's football team are heroes and I have personally plenty of female heroes. However, I take your point. Well, let's go back to this original working definition of performing a huge benefit Mm. to your society, uh, which is perceived to be a huge benefit to your society, which very few other people could do. Now, historically, people have tended to become heroes most readily on a battlefield and historically fighting battles has usually been a male preserve. So men socially have had more opportunities to risk their lives, save their country. Now, you can say, well, of course, women were risking their lives every time they gave birth, and they were producing the next generation. And what more important job is, in the, is there for society than raising the children of the next generation? And personally, I would agree with that. However, historically, I accept that fewer people have um, treated Women and mothers as heroes in the way that they've treated a fighting male warrior or a fighting or or a male sportsman as a hero. Why is that? Um, I think that's what's perceived to be of the most benefit. And socially, I guess wars and sport have been perceived to be of more benefit by the people whose were the opinion formers, who were the men. It's not ju- it's not just the people's views on who heroes are, but Whose views on heroism have historically been documented, recorded, made visible in the society? On the whole, male views, and they have on the whole tended to give preference to activities such as fighting wars and playing sport, which were only open to men. Here's here's an opposing view. I defined heroism as doing something for your society, which other people couldn't do, and saving your country in the face of real imminent invasion or scoring the winning penalty goal or the winning six in an Ashes series at cricket, which is, um, you could say very few people can do that. And whereas lots and lots of women can give birth, perhaps the majority of women are able to give birth. Um, so you could say that's, there's, a, there's a, an objective reason why the contribution to society that was historically open to women, namely childbirth, childcare, uh, has not received the... Uh, attention and the adulation that the opportunities available to men has received. So that that would be, if you like, a counter-argument.
0: Who says a certain person is a hero? Who sets the criteria that a certain soldier is a hero or a certain footballer is a hero?
1: Okay, well, as I see it, it's individuals making their choices, often, of course, influenced by what other individuals are doing. And you build up to... A critical mass where some people then become national heroes if a large part or you know maybe over 50 percent of that nation regard them as such you can of course have a lot of people who are heroes within local communities or within subsections of a national community there will be heroes of the indie music scene right now whom I know nothing about of whom I have never heard but who are absolutely hero worshipped passionately by a lot of people uh, so we have to look not just at a national culture, but at subsections of that national culture, at local and regional cultures. Um, and I, as, as I see it, as I define it, you can have your own individual heroes. I'm sure some of my heroes are, you know, I'm in a in a very small minority in thinking are heroes, that they can be heroes to me.
0: Heroes can provide a focus for uh, the national identity, as indeed the football team are at the moment. That has both negative and positive consequences, Consequences, so doesn't it?
1: Yes, it, yeah, it does. And it's back to what we were saying about this loss of a sense of self and whether that can be a good or a bad thing. Now, on the positive side, um, you can feel yourself to, self to be rather, sorry, on the positive side, you can feel yourself to be part of a greater group, part of a greater whole. You are not disconnected from humanity. You're not an island. You're not this discrete atomic unit. You are part of something. You belong, whether that's to a nation or to a smaller community within that nation. And that can be a wonderful feeling and a very moving feeling and an important feeling. And that might well connect uh, with some of the the psychological advantages uh, and needs of religion that we were discussing earlier. Now, clearly, that same need, desire to be part of a greater whole and to lose your identity in that greater whole, can also be extremely dangerous. It can lead to um, an abrogation of personal moral responsibility. It can tempt you to perform. Revolting actions, say horrible things that you wouldn't necessarily consider saying if you were out of the protection of the anonymity of that group. Um, so, I think, as, as I see it, this ability to provide a focus for communal and national identity is both one of the greats, the greatest strengths and the greatest weaknesses of sport.
0: You were saying that uh, you believe it to be uh, crass and in bad taste to compare. Sport to war, but you also clearly feel that uh, that football has a very positive role to play in in creating heroes for our time
1: Well that's right now if you think about the normal conditions for heroism and courage, and indeed many of the versions, many of the virtues, they're conditions of pain and suffering for the world i e historically. Uh, it has perhaps been easiest to become a hero if you're at war or to become a hero if your nation or race or religion is suffering deep oppression and abuse or if your country is racked by poverty and disease. Those terrible circumstances all give particularly strong opportunities for a hero to emerge to save the day. So one of the charges made against the whole concept of the hero is, well, why do we want heroes? Because that means the world is in a mess to start with. Wouldn't it be better to focus our energies on sorting out the world and making the world a good place in which you don't need heroes, you don't need courage, you don't need campaigners for social justice, because there is social justice. However, my argument is that, even when the world is in a good way, people still seem to need, have a deep psychological need for heroes to exist, for very exceptional human beings, or if not exceptional in in all respects, exceptional in some respects to exist. They want these people to be there, they want to admire them, in some cases they want to emulate them and be them. So what's the solution? We want heroes, but we don't want massive problems of war and poverty and injustice uh, to exist to allow uh, a venue for heroes. And my suggestion is sport is an obvious solution. Here is a vehicle where people can perform actions which are lauded um, as heroic, perhaps not on the same scale as a martial warrior, but as lauded as heroic by a community and can provide hope and inspiration and a focus of identity for that community without there having to be a problem to fix in the first place. So sport allows heroes to exist in peacetime. It allows heroes to exist in a case of material plenty, in a case where a nation is in good health, Uh, where a nation is not riven by social injustice. You can have a prosperous, flourishing, healthy, peaceful world, and you can still have heroes through sport. That has to be a good thing in my book.
0: It's one thing, isn't it, to admire the skill of 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 a footballer or a cricketer or a tennis player or a golfer. It's entirely enough to go for this hero worship that we see.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, the word hero worship is used very generally in the press at the moment and by the public to cover an enormously wide range of responses, ranging from a balanced and sane hero admiration to the more extreme and fanatical forms of hero worship, where the hero is is almost literally worshipped as as, as some kind of a god. And I think we need to be careful um, in looking in making distinctions in this spectrum because people
0: aren't being careful then
1: they're not being careful and so everything is lumped in together and so the hero admiration which i would argue is usually positive usually has positive effects both on the person doing the admiring and on the the person being admired um is not distinguished sharply enough from hero worship which in its can have more moderate forms and be just about okay but is often very very dangerous both for the worshipper and for the poor person being worshipped.
0: Outline for us the effects of somebody who has fallen foul of hero worship.
1: In this sense I would say you've you've got to make a distinction between the person who's worshipping because they want to be the hero themselves, They're, they want to emulate that hero. They want to be a hero. They want what the hero has. They are desperate for that kind of life, that kind of adulation. themselves. They fix their whole life on that, um, and that, of course, is can take over your life. Freud writes uh, very illuminatingly about this and says it can very this it can start off as a neurosis and very quickly turn into a psychosis, um, and that can take over your life. It can this desire for a fame which isn't necessarily within your grasp at all and even if you got it might turn out to be you know an illusion and smoke and mirrors can take over and leave you unable to form you know nourishing substantial human attachments with real people in the here and now who are going to love you back and to perform to live a creative uh, and worthwhile and engaged life um then you 've got people who are so besotted who don't want to be heroes themselves they're they're not interested in that they they know they can't do that, but they are so besotted with a particular sports person for instance, or team of sports people that that takes over their life and they it to the detriment again of their relations with family and friends, with to their job, to their income, to their ability again to live a creative and satisfying and worthwhile and rich human existence. And and that again, I think, can quickly turn into a neurosis and, and possibly even a, a psychosis. Um, it can also have a very ugly side. It can lead them to some forms of stalking for instance, uh, it can lead them to um, various forms of hatred for those who they th- think don't love and admire and worship their hero in the way that they do. It can lead to all sorts of um, bigotry and prejudice. Uh, it can be extremely damaging for the the person that they're worshipping and uh, can make their life a misery and and so they end up unable to go out shopping and doing things with their family at the weekend, and they can't live a, a normal and relaxed uh, human existence anymore. So again, very sharp distinctions there.
0: So, are you going to be watching the football?
1: Well, I always say I, I always say that every time that I'm not, I always get sucked in. I, I'm a I'm a huge sports fan. Um, my main passion is cricket. Um, closely followed by rugby and athletics but I do love I think football does have enormous skill and grace and beauty about it uh, so I will get sucked in I will probably watch everything Brazil plays because I think that's such a beautiful team to watch they do play the beautiful game um, and I guess it's going to be so loud in my street that it'll be pointless watching anything else so I will probably resist for a few days and then it will get to me it will get to me so yes
0: Ah. Uh. Dr. Angie Hobbs, thank you very much.